Hello and welcome to season three of the What I'm Learning Is podcast. My name is Natasha. Thanks for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. Don't forget to check out seasons one and two of the podcast and to like, follow and leave a rating, especially if you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This helps to widen my reach and boost my listenership. If you're a regular listener here, thanks for coming back. I appreciate you. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to the What I'm Learning Is podcast. I'm your host, Natasha. And if this is your first time here, make yourself comfortable. This podcast is all about lessons. The lessons I've been learning as I go through this journey called life. Some lessons I've found take me personally a bit longer to get. But usually, once I get them, I grow from them and I move on. Speaking of lessons and learning, I'm here today with a friend and former classmate, personally known to me as Renee, but I'm putting some respect on her name and calling her by her professional title, Dr. Renee Phillip. Now, Renee, <laughs> Renee, or Dr. Phillip to you, has a PhD in business, human resources management. She's a professional development instructor, manager, director, and owner of Business Cove Learning Academy, an assistant examiner at the Caribbean Examinations Council, a visual arts and business educator. She's a lady of many hats, and I'm sure there's many more other hats that I didn't tackle, but Renee is also going to tell you a little bit about herself. So welcome, Renee. Hi, Tassie, and nice having me. Um, It's so good to catch up, you know, um, because as you say, Put in the respect, but um, the respect is not only in the title. The respect mm-hmm. is really when you earn it and not so much as you, you know, pushing it out there that I am this or I am that. Um, I've learned so much, as you've said, over my years. And um, I do wear many hats. Um, mom, uh, <laughs> I do entrepreneurship. I, you know, I am a private tutor, I'm a business um, consultant, Mm -hmm. and there's so much more that you can um, add to that. Um, But it's just a part of my learning process. And as um, you would know, it's not just about you. It's everything that is around you, the people that affect you, the experiences that you encounter. And I think um, if we could sum it up, we could say life is the master teacher. You know, um, for me, it's um, it's it's just not only me putting myself out there or learning from educational journey um, per se in the classroom, but me learning from others, um, the students that I interact with, uh, the ones that I am supposed to be teaching. I have been learning quite a lot from them um, and I do um, teach quite a diverse age range. So it's not just, you know, um, primary school, as we would say here, or high school or um, college. It's right across because I've, I'm teaching the little ones. I'm teaching the um, <laughs> the high schoolers and yes. also teaching the young adults and the adults. And I have been learning so much from them, you know? So, um, I think, as you say, we chit chat and yeah. we just to realize that 
whatever life has for you, because that's one of the lessons that I'm learning, is that it doesn't matter if you structure it the way you want to all the time, but have some sort of leeway for life yes. to become the driver. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and that's what and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm being the passenger and just enjoying the landscape. Because as much as we think that we're steering, really and truly, we're not really steering much, you know. No. <laughs> speaking not of, at um, all. Speaking of teaching and teaching the young ones, Renee. I remember you in high school. I'm not going to give the people them any of, uh, you know, our little escapades in high school. You understand. <laughs> but when we were in high school, did you think that you were going to be a teacher? I, I can't remember if we ever had the discussion about what people wanted to be. But did you think at the time that you wanted to be an educator? Well, I remember having that conversation with our head teacher, um, Mrs. Violet Lewis. And I remember telling her after coming back from a long summer vacation, I said, Mrs. Lewis, I can't do it. I could not deal with children. And she said, you will soon see, <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, you already predicted what I was going to do. But from since I was a young girl, I realized that I have had that um, characteristic inside of me because um, I used to help my younger siblings. And during my vacation, even though I'm away from school, I used to play school. I used to be the teacher and I used to be, you know, it was like I used to do up report cards. I used to give them little assignments and do so many different things. But, you know, you never really look at it as in that's what I'm gearing two words you know we were manifesting like, oh, before you knew what manifesting yeah. was you were manifesting it exactly and so I was just having fun and so while I was in high school um you know I fell in love with the arts and I realized that I really like expressing myself um through colors um as you can see I have one of my paintings behind of me <laughs> yes I've been watching it all along for those who are yes, only that, listening this, you have to make sure you watch the video so you can see the fabulous artwork and at the end yes. of this we're going to also let you know where to find Renny's work and how to buy because we don't we support <laughs> on this channel so yes but we'll get to that at the end <laughs> So I did fall in love with the arts and I always wanted to do something, you know, like um, a home interior decorating and stuff like that. But um, I guess that wasn't really my path because although I took courses in art and I did do uh, my undergrad, um, part of my undergrad in visual arts, um, I also did extra courses in um, technical drawing, which is architecture. But I when I started teaching, I was like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know, um, but I fell in love with the children mm -hmm. and I always wanted something good for others. You know, I I realized that it's not just about you and your accomplishment. It's also how do you evoke positive social change in and around your community? And um, that's one of the things that persons, you know, take for granted. And um, even though I didn't um, put my life out there and said, hey, I wanted to be a teacher, I can honestly say when I go to the doctor, the doctors are surprised that I am a teacher because they say, you are not stressed. Your stress level is not high. Your, your BP is not high. Actually, it's very normal. And, you know, for me, it's I'm just having fun. Yeah. I'm having fun every day learning, you know, the characteristics that are put before me of the students that I have to um, help 
you know, find their way and, you know, dealing with so many other issues that you thought that you had a bag full of. And then you mm-hmm. realize you have a bag full of you. Yeah. Your bag is not even quarter. It's yeah. just, you know, just have a little thing that you found um, is so um, heavy on you. But then when you look across the room and you realize these students have what we would say baggage yes, yes. and it's not baggage that they you know um brought on themselves but it's more of them trying to find them you know find their way and them trying to just make good of their life and that's what brings the satisfaction at the end of the day and um, even today I was having a little one and she said um where do you know my mom from and you know I'm saying we're all teachers and she yeah. said my mom knows half of this country I said and I can guarantee that I know the other half <laughs> because you know yeah it, it's it's so much fun that you're having just being in their company and learning how they do things and and you know wanting to become a student yourself throughout the process not just always wearing the teacher hat but sometimes mm-hmm. taking it off and saying, you know what, I'll be the student today and you teach me something. Even if it's one thing, just teach me something. You exactly. Know, so. exactly. And I have a soft spot for educators. I have some educators in my family, but um, I know that throughout the world, sometimes educators are given like um, a bad rap in terms of um, sometimes not getting properly supported through, you know, the, the educational system. You, you, have, you have teachers bringing their own personal things to the classroom to provide, you know, equipment and supplies for students. And, and this is not just a thing in the Caribbean. It's present in the U.S., in the U.K., where I'm at. It's just a thing. of And the teachers are people. A lot of people say, of course, we know teachers are underpaid, undervalued, but they work so hard. And a lot of us saw that, especially in the pandemic, when, you know, a bunch of parents found themselves at home with the kids that they had to learn how to. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. I I know that for certain because. I do have my own learning center and um, I normally would work with the students in the afternoon and throughout the day, especially those who would have finished school and wanted a second chance. Um, I would work with them throughout the day. But during the pandemic, I think, as you said, um, parents realized teaching is not for everyone. It is just not for everyone. Even some of us who are in the classroom, you're not cut out for it because mm-hmm. mentally you have to be prepared that this is what is going to come your way. And I can't say that we're ever mentally prepared for this. Yeah. We're, never, we're never mentally prepared. Exactly. And speaking of that, Renny, um, have you, well, can you reflect or can you remember when we were in high school together, maybe before we, you went to high school, when you're in primary school, were there any teachers or now that you've become a teacher, do you look back on any specific teachers or maybe teaching methods that you're like, you know what, this is a lesson I learned from this particular teacher or I like the way this particular teacher did this and that has influenced you in any sort of way in how you relate to your students? I, yes, um, in my primary level, um, I could say one of the things that I always um, taught my students, which I learned, is to remove the word not or can't. Mm-hmm. And that is to help to motivate them and reassure them that anything that you put your mind to, that you can achieve it. And I think um, because over time, and it's our culture, I don't know, um, I don't want to use the um, 
the n-word but mm -hmm. i tell my students you know we all that color sometimes we use it loosely but i said it's just a mentality that we find ourselves um moving with that we need to remove from and it's that you can't do this or you're not cut out for this you know um we can all do something not at the same level or the same intensity that someone else could have. I've had that, um, especially when I'm teaching my art student. Mm -hmm. And I can attest to that because I had a student a few years ago and um, when she came to me, her mom said, she's no good at art. Mm -hmm. she can't do it. Mm -hmm. But she was so passionate about wanting to learn that today I could tell you, mm -hmm. she completed a degree at um in Jamaica in um the school of arts Edna Manley School of Arts Pick up and Edna now Manley. I know right and now she has her own business yes yeah. doing what the same art that she couldn't do a lot the of people underestimate passion you know passion goes a long way yeah, and and I was so happy because I've seen other students, and I've already personally, um, even with um some of my old colleagues that would say, "What is that child going to do? They can't do that." And you know, just telling them, remove the word "can't" and tell them that they can do, it makes a vast difference. And I would say that my um my teacher at that time, Mrs. McKay, she really, I remember when we were in her class, she said, you can do everything. Remove the word can't from your vocabulary. And then in high school now, <laughs> in high school, you had so many different influences, you know, because a science teacher, Mr. Samuel, um, you peace. know, he always spoke the truth and he kept it real 100. That's and um, I always say, you know what? I learned so much from Mr. Samuel and um, I use some of his tactic inside of my classroom today. I learned so much from Mrs. Heather Doram and I must give her her props for, you know, she's one of our icons here. And um, I really love her because she turned me on to the visual arts and it was never um, your work is below anybody else's work. She took it as it was and everybody was treated individually. And I learned that, you know, in, if you take every person individually and set them aside, you learn so much and you can influence them even more. So I learned that from, you know, I think my high school years, but in every level that I've been, I've had at least one person who I can talk about um, and say this person really helped me through um, my undergrad year. I had my... Um, accounting teacher, Mr. Plato, and I didn't know anything about accounts, but I remember you know, him saying, you can do it, you can do it, you know, and just pushing you through and telling you just need to just look at things differently. And I had um, Professor Cowden, who was my, um, my internship advisor, and I'm telling you, she was really tough, but one thing that she did was she pulled me under her wings and she said i'm going to teach you a lot of things that you're going to need going through you might not like it mm -hmm. and i like when persons are real with me you might not like it but it's necessary yes. <laughs> it's necessary yes and so you know as you go through and even for my doctorate i had um 
Dr. Taylor. And I asked him, I even asked him, why do you do this? And he said, because everyone deserves a chance. And I think those words stop more at this level because now we are grown, we are adults. And then sometimes we're in our own little space, we're in our own little world. And then we don't want to give other persons chances, especially if it's a second chance. Um, I'm not saying everything requires a second chance, but um, when it does, you need to be able to hand the card over and say, you know what? I'm opening the door for you to start all over again. And I think in education, that's where it is, having that door open, as you said, for persons who want to learn more and do more. Mm -hmm. Well said. And I'm glad that you brought in the arts because just moving out of the educational um, area and focusing a bit more on your art, because I personally, when I think of you and high school, your art is what stands out to me, other than your, you being a boss on the netball court. <laughs> so oh, like, boy. But the art is what a lot of us remember you for in school. So tell us a bit about your art and the lessons that you've learned in art and what, what is your medium? Are you more of a um, painter? Do you sculpt? You know, do you do crafts? Tell the people you know, your your art forms that you're involved in? Well, I've tried a bit of everything, but um, I prefer the painting and the mixed media. Um, why? Because it's so relaxing and I learned to, everybody learned to express themselves in different form. But for me, mixing colors because of my personality and my personality could be very um, dominant and very in your face, but not in a rude way. It's just, just I'm a happy person and um, I, I'm a vibrant person. I'm always on the go and my energy is very high and it's never low. It's never low and low key. It's always, you know, today I wake up and it's like, what are we doing? You know, we're going, we're going, we're going. So my color scheme, my color palette is very vibrant and it it moves you and it's very attractive because, you know, um, you need that energy to also attract person to you. So most of my art form is in the painting and the mixed media um, where you were mixing, you know, some other um some other things that you would have like found objects, found natural objects, or you would, you know, try to create it from a crafty end. But it's um, it's something that um, in terms of the style, it's more what we will say um, surreal and abstract at the same time, because I take the real concept that I'm trying to get across and I put it in an abstract presentation or a surreal presentation um, for you to try to figure out. So it, when the story is revealed behind the piece, then you realize, okay, she's really deep because it's never surface. It's always, you know, it's me putting a part of me through a story form on every canvas that I touch, you know? So, um, Persons would see that, and you would you would be able to know my color palette. You'll be able to know the students that I have um, worked with over the years mm-hmm. because the color palette soon mimics mine. Not that <laughs> intentional, yeah. but it's just that you do let off an energy as well to them and let them know that you're in the land of the living and embrace it. Mm-hmm. Embrace it for what it is. Embrace it for the beauty that is around you. Embrace it for the happy times. Even in the low time, you got to smile and you got to keep it moving. So 
my art is a lot about that. Just keep moving. I do a lot of self-reflection. And, you know, it's different times that's going in um, into the, the piece. So none of the piece would say, oh, she's down here or she, you just never know because I'm always so high spirited. But mm -hmm. when I tell you the story, you get to understand this is what really coming up. And what have you learned about yourself during your art process? Because I know some people um, can sit down at one point in time and just complete a whole piece of art. But as a creative person myself, I know like if I'm writing and I'm in the mood, I can write four or five poems or essays or whatever. And then sometimes it will take me a year to do one piece because you have to be in that right frame of mind, that right energy to work on that particular kind of piece. So what is the process like for you and what have you learned about yourself through your art process? Well, um, my, I could tell you honestly, there was a time when I felt like I had, I had an artist block, but it wasn't so much the artist block. It was more a life journey block. And you questioning at the crossroad, afraid, afraid to take, um, to go into areas that you're not familiar with. And so once I was able to remove those and that was done through my artwork and um it's very therapeutic because i go into a space it's like an ethereal it's like an ethereal space mm -hmm. it's it's i'm in this world i'm in this space and you don't understand and i can't say that you personally but to me it's like my audience wouldn't understand unless i let them into that space it's like when you go to church and everybody say, I'm getting holified and sanctified and the Holy Ghost is upon you, that's how my art is. I'm in that space. I'm in that realm. And you are so right because in that space, I don't feel hungry. In that space, I don't feel um, scared. In that space, I don't feel insecure. In that space, I feel like I am any superhero you want me to be. That's what I am. So my art has taught me to believe in myself. And also to understand that everything does not go according to your plan. Because one of the things that I learned from my professors, um, which is um, Gilda Misa, when I was in um, my art course, he said to me, um, don't ever feel frustrated with a piece. Leave it and let it speak. And I think sometimes a lot of artists don't allow their work to speak because if I'm to take up a piece of work and sometimes I look at my pieces, I can't tell you how I got the colors. I honestly can't tell you how I got the colors because I don't mix them in the palette. I mix them on the canvas itself and I can't remember all the colors that I put into it. But when I leave and I take a, a, a step back, I'm like, damn, mm -hmm. you good, <laughs> you know, like that thing. It's, it's just that moment. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's a moment where you feel complete. Mm -hmm. You feel complete. And everyone wants to feel that way at some point. And it's not, you know, you looking for everything outside to try to fill that space. You just have to find what it is that allow you connect to that space and I think that's what I learned with my art it allows me to connect to a next side of me that I didn't that I, I was afraid to connect with right and so I am now able to grow 
Brilliant. Yes. And I can see a lot of your growth through your work. Now, would you say you're more of an abstract painter? Do you find yourself doing more faces, people, um, you know, nature? What, what sort of for the person who can't see your work at the minute or who wants to know what sort of um, what's your subject or is it just anything? Uh, I love the human body, females particularly. Mm -hmm. I love the female body. Um, I think we have so much to offer and not in a pornographic or a, a rude way, mm -hmm. but I find that the female body is God's way of expressing. Listen, mm -hmm. I am the ultimate artist and look at my handiwork, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I learned and it's also a thing where female tend not to love their bodies after a particular time, after we have children, after we would have thought that, you know, we've been defiled in so many ways, you just hate yourself, you don't want to carry yourself a particular kind of way. So a lot of my work has females and um, personally say, you, you're always so exposing and said, what do you mean? And you're always looking for females and I love nature, but I prefer a picture of nature as opposed to a painting of nature mm -hmm. because nature, it, it, it differs every time. But the body is the language that you have to use to speak. It's the unspoken language that we have to learn to listen to and pay attention to because it's not what comes out of our mouth. That is what we, in, we want to communicate. It's more in our body language. And so I love... As a dancer, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I it's agree. true. Even when you look at the dancers and the way they move their body, and you know, it's it it's moved in a kind of way, and you you're wondering what is that person going through at that moment? Why they have to twist their body that way or do this thing? But at the end of the day, you are communicating something, and it you're giving. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You're sharing an emotional moment with persons. And it's the same thing with my art. So I look at different parts of the body. I am now um, trying to work a lot with males, which I'm not being, you know, um, any sort of partiality or anything. But I just find that the female body is more attractive. We have more to yes. to offer and more, you know, to deal with. And even with our expression on our face, it's different than when a man has an expression on his face. Because mm -hmm. just look at a female and say, okay, she's not happy. Yes. Not only is she not happy, but she's mad. Yep. She's on a different level of mad. And you can yep. see it you know so you know what about the paintings Renee as you said that there's a famous piece and I'm going to kick myself now because I can't remember the artist's name but I think it's called Monday Blues or Blue Monday and it's a picture of a woman in her nightdress sitting on the edge of the bed with her head down you can't even see her face right I, I, I can you see know the one I'm talking about yes and every woman I've seen that picture that painting so many times on social media yes. some people have it in their you know in their stories and stuff like that yes. but it's like and it's mostly the women who comment on it and identify because as you say we can't even see her face but you just look at her posture her body language and you can feel the energy coming out of out of the painting like this woman yes. is tired she doesn't yes. want to deal with this today yes. you know that kind of yes. thing yes yes, yes. yes. 
<laughs> I get you right there. But as we're looking to wrap up, Renee, um, I want to touch just quickly there also on your, we've touched like on your, um, the academic and the educational aspect of uh, of what you do, the art aspect. Now, I do know that you're also venturing into the, or you have ventured into the um, the world of entrepreneurship with your business. So tell me, uh, you know, in a few words, maybe in, get, tell me three lessons that you have learned about being an entrepreneur and going into business for yourself. Um, your start is never your ending. And it's all about the throughput, meaning the work that you put in. So even though you have the ingredients, which is the knowledge, um, it's not just having the ingredients. It's what you do with the ingredients and turning it into something to make it a masterpiece or something successful. And um, it's also a continuous learning process. So what would work for yesteryear, some of it, is necessary for today. And some of what you are putting in today is necessary for tomorrow, but it's not guaranteed that what you learned yesterday is going to be your success, your successful um, factor for today. And it's what you have for today is not gonna be a successful factor for tomorrow. So it's a learning process and be open to changes. Welcome it, um, don't fight it, um, you know, just welcome it. and. If you have to ease into it, then ease into it. Just don't, you know, don't take yourself and be like, oh, I have to get exhausted. Let it be a process that is fun. Let it be a process that is fun. And when you think that the ball is ready to change, change it. Amen. Change it. Yeah, that's solid advice. Solid advice. And just because the whole premise of this podcast is what I'm learning is, can you give me one lesson that you've learned? I know I've asked about when we were speaking about education, but just give me one lesson you've learned through your um your journey as, as an educator, one lesson you've learned as an artist, and one lesson that you've learned um as a business person. Well, as an educator, I've learned to give more, give more of you as opposed to um trying to predict the future for the students. Just give them the same thing that you would need, TLC. Mm -hmm. You need that TLC, give it to them. Plant the seed, water it, and just watch it grow, you mm -hmm. know? As an artist, I've learned to accept um, my, my, uh, my surroundings and what I am going through and just, you know, appreciate everything. And again, learn. It's not the same. It's not going to be the same. And when it changes, change with it, you know. Um, and as an entrepreneur, I'm still learning that. But I am also, um, I've learned from that, that you have to be creative, innovative. You have to, you have to, have to. Every day you get up, just think. Don't waste your mental energy on negative. Just try to embrace and go forward to get in the positive because those are the, the fuel that you're going to need to help you to be successful. And every little thing or person that you encounter, you are supposed to learn a lesson and take a lesson. 
you leave a lesson, take a lesson, and you keep going. Solid advice. And finally, where can people find you? Tell us the name of your business, where they can find you, and also where they can find your artwork. I know you're on Instagram and LinkedIn and stuff, but give the people your tags. Um, yes, I am on LinkedIn. Um, look for me on the Renee Phillip. Uh, I am also on Instagram, Renee.Philip. Um, and I'm also on Facebook. The business is on Facebook as well. So they have to type in Business Cove Learning Academy and it will pop up. Um, outside of that, we have more coming. We have a website that we're working on. And we, you know, my artwork, persons could contact me through any of source um, sources. And um, sometimes they feature my work in um, art in Antigua and Barbuda. Um, but... Audience, don't That's worry. So I'll put it all down below in the description box. I'll tag her. I'll put all her social media handles. Once she gets her website, I'll be on it. I'll share it with you so we'll be able to find her. But they also need to look out for our entrepreneurship gala that is coming oh. up. Um, May 6th, we are promoting um, our young entrepreneurs. That's a big one that we have been working on. So we are promoting our entrepreneurs. On May 6th, um, we will be having our gala for our entrepreneurs in in we are trying to raise scholarship funding for at least two entrepreneurs who want to go off and study or two young entrepreneurs who want to get startup capital so you have us there and we are also promoting um we are just about to launch our entrepreneurship podcast U10 okay U10, which is featuring the young entrepreneurs here in antigua and barbuda and so we are looking to launch that and we are hoping that person will be able to log in and learn more about our young entrepreneurs and as we push them because as I, again i'm an entrepreneur but um i really love working with the young people so that's where you'll find me we're looking forward for that and that will be on business call visit Yes, business quote on her Facebook. And it will also be on featuring on my Instagram and my Facebook. No worries. So I'll put all those information at below on the description box for you guys to find it. But I want to thank Renee for joining me today. Thank you so very much, my friend. I'm so proud of you and I look forward to continuing supporting any and everything that you're doing. You just let me know. Tasa, hey, and I'm there. But thank you so much. And um, guys, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the What I'm Learning Is podcast. Hit me up on social media at Chatty Natty, C-H-A-T-T-I-N-A-T-T-I and hashtag W-I-L-I pod. Let me know in the comments what your thoughts are on this episode. Until next time, love and light. Never stop learning. Kisses.